Welcome to the Claire's Angels podcast, where you can join Fallon and Rosie in conversations about navigating life through using intuition, being an empath, and so much more. So before today's episode, do me a favor and exhale that breath you didn't even know you were holding. Now, take a deep breath in and settle in for today's episode. Today, we have a really special guest, Amy Shellhorn. Amy helps families create joyful spaces that nurture and support their unique family culture. By combining feng shui with other ancient wisdom, she works with modern families to shift the energy of their home to align with their goals. Amy holds a certificate in feng shui with Mindful Design School and a master's of architecture. But most importantly, Amy is actually a really deep connection between Fallon and I. She actually is the one that introduced us to each other. She is um, one of my mentors through Mindful Design School, and uh, she did a consult for Fallon through Mindful Design School. And uh, when Fallon was having some extra issues with... uh, other activities in our homes, I guess you could say paranormal. Amy knew that that was the work that I, I'm called to do when I was in her, um, in her group. So she referred me to Fallon. So this is a really beautiful way to kind of come back around. Now that Fallon is a graduate of my foot design school, I am on the way to becoming a graduate. Uh, this is getting my certification this month and then as Amy sharing with us now where she's at what's the next step and just kind of having fun with how we approach feng shui with our lives with clients and with family hope you enjoy I first I love that you two are partnered together and I really like I know that we connected you two connected just over a quick email, but then I don't know what happened afterwards. So I would love to hear. I'm going to interview you for a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell me what what happened afterwards. Yeah, after the, after the story. After the... We've actually um, we in in like different ways we add this conversation. So that's why, like for us, we were so excited to to have you accept our invitation because you're like the the triad you know you're the piece the key that um that connected us and you know I know that there's always reasons and we've even talked about like uh and and just now Amy you and I were talking about how different cohorts for the same school that we all um I'm still attending but you know graduates of um that that one I remember we were in a, a group call and Amy, you were, the, you're the leader of that um, group, the mentor there. And somebody posed a question about their, um, the consult that they were going to do for the house, for the feng shui um, consultation that she was talking about entities in, in the house. And uh, I just commented, you know, oh, they might be elementals. And then that was it. Like that was, I remember my face getting red and flushed because it was like, it's not that it wasn't something I wasn't familiar with, but I never really out loud shared in a group that, you know, that 
just so casually. But that really was like what clicked like, yeah, this is what I do and I'll, people need help. And so then, uh, then later, um, I guess you guys can take it over that um, you had a consultation with Fallon, right? Yes. Yes. I can't, it must've been, it must've been about that same time frame yeah. that you were in my group. Right. Yeah. And then Fallon, you, you had some issues. Yeah, with- I was. So I had finally broken down and been like, okay, I need to have someone else do my feng shui and not just me like dabble in it. And so that's where I reached out to Amy and um, she actually did like two in one for me because I was in a rent house and also in my, Mm -hmm. well, fixing up my actual house. And so she had done the consultation for both. And I actually, now that I'm back in my house, I'm starting to implement all the ones that were for my actual house. And they like, I ordered a mirror for my bathroom that's in the middle of the home and like all the different things. Um, And so it's been uh, very interesting to see the shifts that are happening because um, I was having a conversation with one of my friends about this because it was so interesting because I never really lost the connection of my actual home and I just kind of added the rent house to it. So I think Amy, during the consultation, it was like, you're straddling both, like you're having energy into both homes and trying to keep both of them going. And it never really occurred to me until that she said that, that like it was, that was happening. Um, And so it was funny whenever I actually moved back into my home, it was like immediately every single like, issue feng shui wise that was happening in the home like hit me like a rock like it was just like Mm -hmm. arguing doors like all of a sudden we were arguing about stupid stuff and like it was like what is happening I'm like oh that's what's happening (laughs) so it's it's been like so fascinating to just go back in and have it be like this immediate like shift and like seeing that impact of the energy on the home and like us as a family dynamic. Um, so yeah, it's been fascinating. Um, so it's been like, oh my gosh, almost, what have it been two years, a year, a year since Amy like did year. my consult. Yeah. No. And it was like February of last year. No. So finally getting to implement all the things that <laughs> she had suggested. <laughs> Oh, I'm so I'm so glad to hear. I think I remember at the time too, though, that yes, you were spread between the two energies of the house, but it was really important for you, Fallon, to be and feel really present with this space. You knew you weren't just staying there for two weeks. You know, you were mm-hmm. staying there for multiple months, and I think that's where you know we kind of focused our attention on the few easy things that we could do to make it really work for your family and smooth the chi in the space. Um, And then when it got to your, I think it was to your daughter's room, that's Mm -hmm. where you, that was where you started to, you were sharing with me that you were feeling like there was other energy of someone else there. Um, And that's part, it's a little bit part of the mindful design school um, training, but it's really, it's not so much, it's more just understanding that there's other energies and that when you really come up against something that seems more like a specific person or um, you know, super specific type information, then we always say, let's, we need to go to someone who's an expert, someone who knows who really has that 
as part of their wheelhouse. And so for me, I knew that that wasn't what I had training in. But at that moment, I had literally just been like spending the last couple of weeks getting to know Rosie. And it was like, it, there's a reason why all that happened at the exact same time. And it was really easy for me to be like, hey, Rosie, can I connect you with one of my clients? I feel like you guys would be a good fit. Um, and I was so grateful to have that. And I think that's the community around Mindful Design School now is that we have so many different practitioners that we can reach out to. And um, so then you two connected. Yes. And then we connected and then like, and then, um, yeah, yeah, it was at first, it was just like, I think I was Rosie's client as far as like from helping with, with the entity and stuff. But then I also took it a step further and like actually signed up for the one-on-one coaching that she does. And I did like a month long thing with that. And then like, after that, we just kept texting and talking and then it just kind of snowballed into, Hey, we're in business together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think like this is, um, like hearing all the pieces, like, because really like you guys sharing all the stuff that happened before, like the connection there and the layering, this is like why I love to stay open to if, if, if somebody feels like they're doing something and they're in something and that it's like the timing's not right or they're just not sure or whatever, that there's always something else in the background that's moving pieces to get things in a line and to trust. Like if you're called to something, that it's because there's, there's work happening in the background, you know? And hearing like how all that stuff was going on while I was unaware. Like, I love saying like, like, we don't exist until we meet each other. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in our little world, like we don't, like I was not anything until we connected to you guys. And I think for Fallon, really, it was, and it sounds like the same with however we practice any of this especially in feng shui they say to not do your own because you don't see your blind spots you're you're too close in it you're behind the camera like you can't see the big picture you know um and the same with with felon and i like as soon as like it was just the first conversation like it was like you already know how to do all this so it was more of the confidence in bringing that out, like, yes, you already know this, but of course, when it's your family and you're doing it, it can be kind of scary and daunting, but that's why we're so, we want to share, like we started this podcast and, you know, creating and sharing is, we're not, we're not saying anything that the person probably doesn't already intuitively know, but it's really hard to, to, especially when you're highly sensitive or empathic or intuitive and you can feel um you can feel the energies and the and the changes that are happening you're holding space especially like Fallon holding space for two places and her family and all these things like how of course that just like supercharged everything and so it was really I think Amy you and I were like holding space for Fallon to be able to mm-hmm. like understand like okay I am going through a lot and I need help and I need people who are able to see things that are encouraging and I can do later. 
I don't have to do now. And I think that's the beauty of, of these practices of feng shui, of um, any kind of, I guess, um, esoteric modalities, but they're very grounded in go back to simplicity, go back to center, yeah. what is true for you. Yes. Um, I feel like um, that's one of the teachings that we we have through the lineage is that you you really don't have a perspective on your own, you know, experiences. But when you work with your mentors, you are able to see things in a new light because at the bottom of it all is, is about developing your own personal chi. You know, that's that's kind of the base practice of feng shui, at least in B2B, feng shui, that is one of the core practices is that, you know, our own personal chi is what is is always where you start and the first place that we go. And so even when you start and you, you sign up for feng shui class, the first thing you do is have your own consultation with your mentor. That's the beginning. That's the, the first thing. In fact, you spend the first three months um going through that process of looking at your own space, understanding your own life. And until that is on, until you've put on the seatbelt or, you know, pulled down the, the gas mask for yourself, you uh, oxygen mask, you can't help others. Exactly. You know, you're, you're not able to, you're not to, ready to be in that place. And so um, for me, actually, I think that's the most transformative thing about feng shui. I had no idea that I needed, um, I knew that I wanted to do something that was more holistic, in terms of, because I have an architecture background, but I just didn't know um, that I needed to first like, look at myself and yeah. start to understand that process. And once I did that, then I had a, a, a much better ability to, to help others. Absolutely. I couldn't do it. And even now, you know, Rosie, we were just talking about this in our class the other night, which is that, and then as a practitioner, um, you have to continue to um, support yourself with self-care. Yeah over time and you find out what are the things that support me over time? What are the things that always refresh me? And that um, even for practitioners, you forget. And so it was great. We all came together and talked and shared ideas. And from that, I feel like you, you can um, continue to have your own support over time as you grow as a consultant or in your practice, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. That I, so important because we, forget because we're we're like I gotta work or I gotta do stuff and even if like like you said we're we're allowing or we're sharing with somebody else these are the things that are useful to you and then we forget that those are tools for ourselves and I love actually Fallon is um she has a, a meditation series that she is like wait I need to participate in it first myself so that's what she's been posting on Instagram is so good is just her journey and it, I think that like invitation in not just like this is for you that's I think the harder part is like oh <laughs> I need to I need to do it also you know yeah I think I always forget that like I will get all of these messages and all the different things that are coming in and I'm like, Ooh, I could see that this person needs that or this, per you know, like my clients would need that or whatever. And like, I forget that when you receive messages like that, it's like for you too. Like it's mm -hmm. through you and it's for you, but it's also for someone else. And so it's just, it's, it really made me realize like I'm telling all these people go do this, but like, I haven't done it. Like, you know, so, I mean, it's kind of, yeah. 
goes back to the same thing y'all are talking about with the um when you first join mindful design school it's like you are working on yourself first and then you can go and help others because it's like um so funny so i just um posted a uh, article on linkedin on my business page about um filling up your cup and like why employees tend to be um disgruntled and feel like they're not recognized and basically why bosses always are going to fail if they um, just, you know, are giving them good jobs and like all this stuff. And so it's basically, it's like you have to fill up your own cup first and give from your overflowing cup rather than giving from your empty cup, because then, you know, no one benefits whenever that happens. So it's so funny that that all ties together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The, the, all the ancient wisdom is like, yeah, just, yes practice what you know, like that's, that's all that you're asked to do, you know? Um, yeah. I, I want to like, both of you are very, um, have careers that are very, um, I guess on the, uh, on the yin side. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always get that. Like, yeah, it's one of a masculine side, um, yeah. very heady. Um, so I kind of want to talk about that because sometimes people, feel like some of these things are way too like out there and esoteric and there's no way that I can apply that but you even mentioned um, Amy that you're um, that you're an architect Um, are you still doing that as a day-to-day practice um I'm not right now um I when my when my kids were little I ended up leaving the practice that I was was working at a you know, a, a traditional firm. They did a lot of like commercial, we did hospitals, we did a lot of like really big civic projects. And once I had two little kids, it was just, it was too much for me to try to manage. And um, even sort of working part-time and trying to, that always turned into up to 40, back to 40 plus hours a week. I wasn't able to make that work. So then I, I left that and was working for my, and I would just take on small projects. Um, and one of the things I always felt, though, was that um, sometimes architecture can really lack connection to people. You know, it's a lot about space and what is that? What what are the, what's the symbolism of space? But I think there's that intermediary, which is the people, right? It's like us interacting with the space. And so, for me, I really wanted to like understand that more before I went back and started really practicing that again. And so that has taken me on this feng shui journey. I guess that was like the beginning of it for me. Uh, I love that. It, 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 how we can connect like so many different things. Um, I think Fallon, you have a, a similar, right? Like with just the working with different spaces and different places. And I was sharing with Amy, but you, you know, share again, how your mission is to help the people who are in this corporate setting mm-hmm. who are completely stressed out to have these, like even like what you create, the meditations, like little small bite-sized breaks to be able to breathe and ground even at their desk. And I love that. Like, it's like, start with the desk. Like let's, let's look at your desk and how that's laid out, you know, um, and, and how these all layer with each other and that we're not, I think the temptation is 
well, now I'm going to do this. And so everything I did before, I have to put it on the shelf. But like your lens of feng shui, Amy, is going to come differently than Fallon's lens. It's going to come differently than my lens. And that's the beauty of all of this, that it really is like our energy exchange with another and then them with their space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to hear from Fallon, though, like how you transitioned from engineering. That was one thing that I feel like I didn't get to hear your story. And I would love to hear because I, I think you're right, Rosie, as you mentioned earlier, people don't associate, they might associate architecture with feng shui because there is some, I mean, we, when you really go back to the history of architecture, there is, I mean, there's geomancy, there's, um, there's always best practices around placement in your home that whether it's the Romans or the ancient Chinese. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of, of knowledge there. Um, but engineering sort of is a newer, you know, technological invention and, and you know, thought process. So I would love to hear that. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll just start out by I've always been the oddball of like anything I've done. So I'm not the typical engineer. <laughs> so I don't know if you can judge other engineers by what I do, but... Um, basically I've always had this like love for figuring out how things fit together. Um, so I guess to give like even more background of where I came from. Um, so my mom's family owned a plumbing store growing up and I literally learned how to count off of plumbing fixtures, like elbows and T's and like all these things. Like that's how I learned to count. Um, and so I, um, always had this fascination of like how things fit and it's actually interesting how it is like transferred into all areas of my life so um I used to so basically whenever I was choosing what I wanted to go to college for um my dad's an accountant and my mom is a teacher and so basically they're like you can't be an accountant and you can't be a teacher go <laughs> so um <laughs> But I've always had this fascination with, like, I've always had the energetic side of things going on, too, at the same time of, like, knowing more than I should or, like, picking up on people's emotions and picking up on the energy of a space when I walked into it. Like, it could be, so a lot of, like, my friends growing up, um, like, I would go into their houses and it would be like, oh, they have the perfect family. And then when I'd walk in, it'd be like, whoa, nope something's going on here, you know? And so it was like, I would just always pick up on the energies of the spaces and stuff. And so um, I had this side of me going on of like the very right brain and like creative. And um, I played piano from the time I was, you know, in second grade until I was in college, you know? And so I always had this creative side, but it was always very separate from my left brain side of being an engineer, liking how things get put together and liking how, you know, getting lost in a math problem and like all those kinds of things. Um, it was very interesting because one of my parents' friends at my, I think my senior piano recital made a comment how, oh, it's so awesome how you have such a balanced left and right brain. Like, because like I had both of these things going on that like, most people who were very interested in the science and math and those kinds of things typically weren't very good at 
creative things and vice versa. Like you always, you had this very polarized view of how people should be. Um, and I, that's like why I never really fit into either category. Like no one could understand why I could do both. Um, but how that impacted me was that I separated the two. I had this huge wall between those two, um, where when I was creative, I was creative and I would have people who I would hang out with that were creative when I was doing that. And then I would have people I would hang out with that only knew my engineering side and my like very uh, left brain side. And so it's been very interesting to see how all of that has actually like come together because, you know, over this past year with, um, and really the past two years where I, you know, had the issues with my house and like basically had to find another place to live. And then like all of these trauma type things that happened and then starting to work with you, Amy and Rosie and like all the things I've done since then, it's like that's slowly chipping away at that wall and it's all coming back together. And so and I keep getting the message of like, it's not or, it's and. And that's what Rosie and I love to say all the time is that it's always and. Um, and so that is how my business is kind of the bridge between those two, because you don't necessarily think that people in corporate, you know, would want to be interested in those kinds of things. But when you put it in a, you know, the way that you present it to them, is to lower stress and anxiety they're like on board uh, i'm in you know i want to know more about this um and so because ultimately that's what they're craving is that de-stress something that they can use and tangible to them that they can feel and it's always interesting like even the upper management will walk into my office and be like I love the feel of your office. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you do. <laughs> you just don't know why. Yeah, like a lot of work's gone on in here. <laughs> a lot of energy work has gone on in here. You just don't know. Um, but yeah, so it's just, it's been so interesting to see both sides of me come back together. Um mm. Because for a while, I shut down all that creative side of me while I was raising kids, trying to survive that and, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder and do all those things. And then it just like came crashing down, literally, until it was like, hello, you need both. Like, it's not just one. So that was kind of a long answer to your question. But <laughs> that was no. what's happening. No, I, lo I, I love hearing. I love hearing how that your 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 integration is now part of the journey um and i think you know it's probably the metaphor of the storm coming literally through your house um which then precipitated the need for the you know the rental home and whatnot like you know i, I feel like you really took something from that you know you 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 went a lot deeper with that than most people would just want to some people want to just leave and, and leave it behind and some people want to immediately rebuild in the same way but like I just I see that you've gone on your own journey and continued to you know not only with your home but with your own life in parallel like I there's so many parallels between those two and like you giving more care to yourself your home getting you know new interiors getting new fixtures um 
mm-hmm. and just the mindfulness of that journey together. Um, I mean, that's, I think the beauty of a feng shui is being able to sort of see what those journeys are and see how you can, between the spaces that you exist in and yourself, find those, um, find that those bits of knowledge. Cause really it's the first step is just understanding perspective. Yeah. It's a I know nice... I was going to, go what's that? Go no, keep going. Go, keep going. Oh, okay. I was just going to say one other, when I, when I first, because I was in the first class of mindful design school. So <laughs> then, um, so it's been a couple of years, four years or something. And mm-hmm. I think it was about last year that I did another small consult consultation with one of our teachers, Laura Morris. And so one of the things that she pointed out to me in our floor plan, (laughs) which I knew, okay, I knew this was the case that in our house, um, our bedrooms are all outside of the Bagua. And specifically the, the parents were both outside and the metaphor, you know, she said very gingerly was that, you know, one of the partners is, is, you know, outside of the relationship. And I think it's really easy um, to, you know, um, not really think like you might your first your first thing that you think about is probably that like the worst thing is possibly happening, you know, and that you and your partner aren't going to be together anymore or something is, is terrible is going to happen. But when I really sat with that, like it took me a little time after I met with her and I realized that it was really for us, it was that we were my husband, he's an entrepreneur and like works in operations and business and starts new companies and sells them and moves on. And he's constantly, he is, he does that and juggles that outside of our family. He doesn't bring any of that stuff. He puts this barrier down. And I think once I realized that, like, and it took her perspective, I thought, you know what, we, there are some things that of course stay outside of the troubles. You don't need your children to know specific things, but we needed to like, as a couple be more integrated and and share more our journeys of our businesses um, together. And how do we move forward? So for me, like I needed that perspective of someone else. And then also just like every day when, you know, almost every day I, it comes to me where I'm like, okay, how can I bring us back to whole? I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit outside. I'm not sharing enough. Let me come back in. And it's a reminder actually every day. And I actually thank my house in some ways for giving us that because otherwise we could have gone on so much longer, you know, and who knows where we would have been. So. Uh, I love that. That's like, that's the, that's the key there of what feng shui really is, is to show how our homes it's not about like, oh, this is wrong in your house. You need to totally remodel it and it needs to be this perfect mm-hmm. square to fit. It's not supposed to be. Every house, the reason you're there, they're also, the house is literally holding space for the family and teaching it. And it's that awareness of like, we entered this partnership with this house, you know, um, and it's going to help us to see things because that's why we pick the house. Whether, you know, even if all these layers are there, affordability and everything, there's always a reason you're in your environment and your home's supposed to be the place where you rest and, and refuel and you're, you know, and if it's not that, then there are ways that you just by awareness, like you said, just bring that intention in. And that's what I love about feng shui is that even the, the, the cures that are given 
um, they're not always because uh, they might seem silly, like put a crystal to, you know, or a mirror and it might feel like, well, why am I doing this? But really understanding and trying it. Like I remember the first time I put a mirror to pull in a space and immediately like that I can now see an area of my home that I really like that changed everything. I could feel that I was remembering that part of the home and I was bringing it in by just looking. So that if there's something going on that you're not sure and it's repeated in a pattern to please consider like having do feng shui because it's a beautiful way that every day you can make these little changes like and we are told we're taught don't do it all at once do one thing at a time right because it's really easy to just like ah you know i also had laura do my consultation and I love that she's she can very tactfully say something that is like, you know, it it's different than and and even in these consultations, you're invited into somebody else's home. And that's that's very intimate, you know, and so you see, even if you're not physically there or they don't send pictures, just even the way they draw the floor plans telling or how their living spaces or who's in the home. That's, that's very private, you know, and having that, like the honor to be able to look at somebody's intimate, like closet really, you know, um, I think is, is really something that can be a beautiful exchange and in guiding somebody to to just drop back in and embody like themselves but also the home to to really cultivate it the way it wants to you the direction you want to be right everyone's going to have like that's one of the questions what do you want to work on because there's different areas you know to work on and to strengthen and um yeah, I just, the, when just learning all these things, like the appreciation I have for, for my, the homes that I've had is, uh, is so much more because it's like, oh my gosh, this is why we're in this home because these are the things that needed to become like either worked on or just awareness of. And you're right. Even thinking your home makes a difference to be able to right. like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're cleaning it, like, oh, I'm cleaning this so that I'm thankful the stove is nourishing yeah. me, you know, that, and um, I think that's where people kind of get stuck, like, but it's not alive. But, you know, well, I, I will argue differently. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what is alive is your energy in the yeah. space. And mm-hmm. of course, if you ignore even cleaning windows that's going to bring a totally different energy you know there so sometimes it's 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 that easy um i want to i want to know everyone's nine star key numbers because that's a whole other layer there's so many beautiful things there but i think that'll be that'll be a fun next topic next segue because then just in that, like the three of us will see like, oh, that's why. Um, so Fallon, mm-hmm. do you want to, uh, or Amy, either one of you kind of uh, share what, like, 
Night Shark Key is. Um, we don't, what actually Felon and I are going to have a workshop of how to find it, how to calculate it, and then um, your family's numbers. So that's going to be explained in more detail, but I will, I will, t I, I talk too much. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I mean, I want to hear your, I also, because you've, you've left the practice and come back, I actually would like to hear what your, now that you've been with it for a while, like what is your, your, um, perspective on nine star key we know that it's a it's a chinese numerology that we can use it's following patterns um of personality that align with the day that you were born and so specifically you know year month it goes year month day so rosie are you how are you feeling about nine star key i actually feel like this is my avenue in like the, there's so many pieces onto all of this, but um, this is really where I, I feel this is most live for me is to find this first of a person so that then that I understand this more so. And then I can, this is like a language that I can explain the things that I intuit about a space um, to be able to help somebody have like a roadmap into then the relationship with within that space so i absolutely that's why i'm like i, I could go on and on and on <laughs> about remind, this, but, remind uh, me of your um remind me of your numbers okay so the first number mm -hmm. is uh the principal number which is based on the year right mm -hmm. so that's a nine for me and amy you're a nine as well right although yes. i i'm not we're not the same year <laughs> right no, we are not. I'm way older. Yeah. Um, I, and I then, doubt that. Uh, <laughs> um, and then the second number is the character. So I, I guess it's said to translate, which I, I have my suspicions, actually, and I'm thinking of maybe doing some research about how they correlate. But um, at, for anybody who is interested in, and wants to kind of compare to Western astrology, um, it's the principal number is the first number, so that's your main number, so that's like a sun sign. Um, and then the character number is the second number that is based on, um, it's based on the month, right? No, the month and day, really, right? Because you're, it's kind of like yes. charted, so you're, yes. no, the month and year. It's mm -hmm. the whole month. Yes. It's the month. Um, yeah. And, um, that's like your who you are like I, i'm thinking like it says personality and emotion so i'm feeling like that's who shows up because when we're emotional we go right into like no filter oftentimes like whether it's crying or anger so that's like the moon sign so for me that's four so the nine is fire and then uh four wood yin um and then uh, the last number, which is the energetic number, is um, how the world sees you. So that's like your rising sign. And for me, that's a one water. So I, like Fallon and I have already compared. Um, how this is explained is your core self is the nine, the first number. So that for me, that's nine fire. We, we can share with each other, like what we are, and then kind of talk about how that looks for each of us. Um, and then uh, water, Fallon, 
Yes. That's your principal number. That is mine. Yes. <laughs> so that's like how we correlate. Like I understand her in a way that is like her energy and how like the world sees her is how um, th- like that's how the world sees me, but that's how she truly is at the core. So it's like interesting to be able to compare that, you know? So like, I understand her depth, but with my fire, I'm usually like, let's start this. Let's do it. And then she's like, okay, let's like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's get a spreadsheet and like, you know, you know, do, you know, get it. So like, we're really good at that because I also understand like, oh, okay, yes, to go deep in certain things. Um, yeah. So that's me. Nine, four, one. Okay. So uh Fallon. Yes. Since I started with you. <laughs> it's okay. Um so yeah, my uh principal number is a one as a water, and then my character number is a seven metal, and my energetic number is an eight earth. Or eight metal, sorry. <laughs> eight earth. Yeah. I don't know. That's right. Eight, yeah, eight, yeah, eight earth. Yeah. That's the yeah. mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very interesting for me because it was like growing up, like the character number is like who you are as a child as well. So it's like when you're legitimately a child, that's how. And so it's funny because like I literally was the kid who was like, "Ooh, shiny. Like I want it, you know, and like I still like up until I was like 18, 19 years old, like it was all about like materialism and like um, what did my friends have? And I wanted that too. Mm -hmm. And all of this. And then as I came into who I truly am, it was like, I don't need that. I can, you know, be a water and be like all this, like go flow in and out of things. And it's okay that like, I have different friends and like that I've, you know, in this way one day and this way the next, and it's totally fine. Cause that's just who I am, you know? So it's very interesting how that has, um, transitioned for me and then how the world sees me is this like stable grounded just like mountain like you were saying so it's like the world sees this like stability when really on the inside I'm this like flowing Pisces water fish thing just like going all over the place because I'm actually a Pisces too so (laughs) me too yeah (laughs) That's where we both could get kind of stuck on things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Amy, what are your numbers? Yeah. And then we'll break so, it yeah, so I'm a nine, five, nine. And oh. I tell you when I, because so oh. if there's, if you're, if you have five in the middle, it essentially takes the two elements on either side and sort of amplifies them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, for lack of a better word. Um, and so for me, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, okay, so I'm fire inside, meaning like that it's all about, um, you know, kind of big, you know, they can be quite like big outward gang personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only am I that, but people perceive me as that. But when I'm emotional, mm-hmm. you know, I'm more of the earth person in that um, if if I'm under stress, like people think that I'm like this rock, you know, that I can just, like, I can manage, I can organize, I can do it. Even though underneath of it, you know, I'm, I'm holding it together. As long as my, as long as I'm balanced, that actually, I really feel that I can stressful things. I'm able to just, I don't know, just 
keep it, um, keep it manageable. I don't know. But then if that earth, if my earth is, is off or if I'm just overall not taking care of myself, then I just, the, I can feel like the, the fire rising, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I think for me, I didn't really see myself as being this like big personality. And it's something that I've had to kind of think more about and go a little bit deeper because it also can be about, um, you know, having, um, you know, a, a warm, caring, like passionate heart, you know, and being empathetic, being an empath, you know, really like connecting with other people. And that's something I didn't really think about until I really started the practice of feng shui. And I feel like I identify more with that now, um, rather than what the traditional view of a fire personality, you know, we think of that as being someone who's really like, you know, I said, even angry or or, just, you know, this like light of the, the party. And I think maybe when I was younger, I will say, I feel like I try, I, I had a lot of that energy. I didn't really know what to do with it. You know, probably got me in more trouble than I meant it to do. That's so funny because my Um, son is exact same uh, numbers as you. So, and I can totally see it in his personality. It's so funny. So it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And, but then, you know, I thought a lot about the transition, like you were talking about, because we say that your middle number is the number that children stay in until they're about 18. So that they're going through two full nine year cycles and then they transition over. And I, I still think you see a lot of their principle. And I think you see a lot of, because you're their parent, you're, you're seeing them develop and try those things on. I don't, I, um, but the practice is that, that you don't transition from that until you're older. And so that transition, like the 17, 18, 19 year old from being someone who is like, you know, the sort of chill kid to suddenly being a nine fire. I think for me, it was like a real, um, I mean, it was, it wasn't easy. It was like, it was a real struggle. Like I just didn't know really what to like, how to be out in the world. And the great thing for you, Fallon, is like you have that awareness. You can help him build those skills now, you know, mm-hmm. of kind of understanding um, him, him, you know, patterns, the way that he might respond to something. Right. And if you practice that enough over time, then when you are, you know, free and in the world, you're able to um, make choices that work best for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Amy, did you have a crazy college life? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Just hearing like that, like, you know, what, what I love to do too, is look at it as the association. Like, obviously these are all parts of us. And then, and especially as adults, like our inner child, like all that is always there. It's always in there. Memories, feelings, emotions, especially if they're stuck, um, then we can drop into that. But how every aspect has the positive, like, I, I shouldn't even say positive, but just like all the qualities like even just we're talking about fire. So take you fire, like, yes, fire can be destructive and burn, but it also is nourishing and can warm you and you, and you can cook with it. And it, it is the center of all ancient like gatherings. And, and, and that's the hearth of the home. So I was surprised when I found out I was fire too. I didn't, I didn't think any, you know, but then like, hello, pink hair. And, you know, <laughs> Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's certain things I'm like, okay. Um, But, uh, and then I I would like, like you just shared, Amy, how like this is all 
centered around earth. So, and that five is also the Tai Chi area, the center of home. Mm -hmm. So like if I were to do a reading like on you of with your numbers, I would say you definitely are like the center of your family and you hold down the fort. Um, but also you can be like a dragon. If someone messes with your family, you will scorch the room, you know, you will take down, you know, no prisoners, but you also are that welcoming like connection where everybody feels welcome. You know, um, you'll make sure that you're great hostess, I'm sure. And you make sure people feel welcome and that people, uh, if they're not like in the corner by themselves, you'll like just start a conversation with them. And, and that's how like these numbers kind of juxtapose with each other, you know, like that they all play. Like for me, my nine fire and then my one water is in the, like I have wood in the middle. So sometimes my fire can like, it's too much and it like, it'll burn up, you know, and then the water sometimes can kind of dampen it. So I have mm -hmm. in me like the ability to like calm myself down or like, but at the same time, when I'm not feeling confident, I would put out my spark and my fire and doubt myself. So I love how like, the th the numbers these core numbers really play with like when you understand them all that the parts where you feel most vulnerable or disconnected or unbalanced that's how they can kind of be destructive with each other so like felon what would you say with your numbers how they how they kind of play with each other yeah so out of that I haven't noticed a whole lot of like how they play with each other so much, but I, while you were talking, I, it made me think about when I reached out for Amy for a consultation, how like my water was so out of balance. Like there was this like abundance of water in my life, which was like water came into my home. We, the yard yeah. was wet, you know, like, um, I had too much water energy. And so I was getting more into like, like they basically say on water, you can be like still like a lake and have all this, you know, um, depth and darkness and those kinds of things and can even be kind of depressing in a way. Mm -hmm. um, or it can be like a rapid and moving like that, um, like just fast moving, fast paced. Um, and, to, and to some degree can be kind of destructive. So um, so for reference, I'm a one and my husband is also a one and we're both Pisces on top of that. So it's like so much out of balance on that one. So, um, but it works really well for us as far as like how we can understand each other. Um, but at that time when I reached out to Amy, I was so out of balance and it, I didn't know this at the time that she was a nine fire. And so it's kind of interesting. Like it made me think, Oh, like she lit my fire. Like she like helped me balance it because like, it was so, in that's so interesting. And same thing with Rosie. You're also a nine. Like how funny is that? So, um, yeah. And like, it's just funny, like talk going into like being out of balance on elements and stuff. Cause that was kind of more how I have seen how that has played into, um, what's happened to me since I learned about the nine star key. 
is that getting that water back in balance. And so, and it's also interesting too, I was thinking I'm, um, I'm missing in my home, I'm missing the, um, the wealth and abundance, a piece of the wealth and abundance area of my home, um, which kind of ties back into my seven metal characteristics of, you know, needing to address the idea of like, it's not all about material wealth, because up Mm -hmm. until that point, it was very much focused on that. Um, You know, wanting to climb the corporate ladder, you know, doing all these things for material reasons, right? Um, And so I think Amy, when I she did my consult, it was, it stuck with me so much. It was like, well, think about why you're missing that area, you know, like really like learn your house has something to teach you, you know, and I don't remember your exact words, but that was kind of the message that you had given me. And that was so true. And part of, and I think also playing between the wood and having such an abundance of water, having, so wood will absorb the water. That's what feeds and grows the wood, right? And so it consumes that. And so like not having that wood piece makes so much sense as to why my water was so out of balance and Mm -hmm. that like my seven was coming in because it was, you know, I was in that survival mode. I was in that childlike mentality a lot because of what was happening. And I wasn't really like owning it. I wasn't really Mm -hmm. um, realizing that I needed to address it. Um, And so it's very interesting because I actually, um, the, what day, it must've been like the week before we actually moved in, I finally planted a tree to complete. Um, and so, and this past week I actually, um, dug up the grass around it and like pulled it Mm -hmm. into the flower bed that was existing next to it. Um, and so it's like, since then it's like, just felt like so much, um, so much more grounding and so much more in balance. And it's so funny too. It's like all these things are coming in, but like, um, <laughs> it was so funny too. Cause when we first moved back into our house, our neighbors forgot, like didn't realize that their sprinkler system setting was still on summer. So the entire yard was just sopping wet. And I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing this again. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're not being out of balance again. So that's what like, sparked all these like okay no we're gonna do all the adjustments and we're gonna ground ourselves and do all these things you know and I had already done a lot of work on the house by blessing the home and um, doing different um, rituals to really make the home more of a home you know and not just a place Mm -hmm. where we go Um, and so it was just interesting to see like again, going back to like, once we moved in, it was like all these old issues came up, but it was coming up to clear. It wasn't coming up to like hurt or like to, you know, I already learned the lesson. I just had to remember to finish it, which is also interesting because I have a bathroom in my completion area. (laughs) So full circle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And what you're saying about like the learning that you took from understanding more about yourself kind of brings us back to where we started talking about self-care as practitioners, you know, that, that, that deeper understanding of yourself that you get through something like the nine star key gives you that um, it just gives you more personal tools to support Mm -hmm. 
certainly to support yourself. And then when you work with clients, if you're talking about feng shui, you're giving them right away this perspective that they can, um, which I think sometimes when you talk about astrology, um, you know, it's very easy to, um, you know, be, follow it sort of dogmatically. And Mm -hmm. I just don't look at the nine star key that way at, at all, you know, because, um, part of the teaching on top of that is that we all do have all five elements. You know, that's where this is one piece that is pretty close to you. But on top of that, this layer is like we all contain all five elements. And you can also think a little bit about, um, you know, do I, yes, I'm a nine fire, but there may be periods in my life where, or portions even of the year where I feel like, you know what, I feel like my water energy, I just am kind of dark. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I've kind of going to this dark place. Like, how can I look at that? And is that something that I can support for, for a while? Um, so I like how it ties into the broader practice, um, but also gives people really, really practical tools. Um, and also we didn't really talk about, and I'm sure you'll get it when you, when you do a whole show on it, I would love to hear, I'll be excited to listen to your perspective on this too, which is that you probably find that within your household, having all these different elements bouncing around together, then you have to sort of look at all of those and how can you go from perhaps being um, on opposite sides of this cycle to being then part of the creation cycle, part of something that is more fluid and bring them into the whole. So. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, you mean the within the house or with different family members? With different both? family members. Yeah. <laughs> different family members. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, right. So then if you have, you know, like in our family, we have three, our principal numbers are um, fire, my husband, <laughs> my daughter, mm-hmm. and my son is metal. And, um, you know, fire melts metal. So it's very often that there's sort of like the three of us and then him, you know, Mm -hmm. and that we have to work to add more earth elements into our home, but not only that, but just come from a place of some of the qualities of a person who is grounded and, and that's the earth personality. And then when we do that, we're able to meet in the middle and it's, it's, it's a smoother relationship. When, when I stick with what I know and he sticks with what he knows, we're going to clash. Oh my God, my husband's a fire too. <laughs> oh, oh my wow. gosh, that is so funny. So it's like both fire, both fire, and then mm-hmm. um, both water. That is hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we we didn't stretch too far for yeah. our partners, right? Yeah. Oh. You're like, hmm, I know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was not right. Subconscious connections. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's so no. funny you say that, Amy, because my daughter, my oldest daughter, is a, um, she's a three wood, and then my son is a nine fire. And so what I notice is that we have to be careful to, because um, we support, we're naturally very supportive of our daughter, but with our son, we can be overly, like, destructive and, like, dampen his fire. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I was, you know, when I was first looking at it and comparing all that and, like, putting that putting our numbers on the constructive and destructive cycles, it was very apparent. It was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was telling my husband, we have to make sure that we don't dampen his fire and that we're not like overly supportive to a daughter because then that's like enabling. Right. So it's like this balance that you have to play with both of those. And so it's very interesting 
to see yeah. how they play together. But also hearing like the reminder, Amy, that really as a child, you're in your character number more so. I mean, you, you, that is your cult, you're nurturing the yeah. essence of the, the, the principal number, but yes. how, like just looking at my son's chart, who's 14, yes. he's a two, nine, seven. So that means he really is okay. in his still fire. So there's three fires right. going on, like, you know, um, yeah. so you can imagine what my house is like, and it's a red house. My house oh is my red. <laughs> Are you serious? It is it really? No, I'm serious. It's it's a red little a red cabin with a red kitchen and red uh, that was what Laura said. Like you have what a, a fit lot of for fire. you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, but you know, like it um for what we I'm working on, what we're working on in this part of life, it really is um igniting a lot of for me, creativity, but also um, who we are. Like, so working separate on on ourselves of our core. This is kind of like, like the big Olympic torch and we've kind of got lit by it. And now we're running down the street, you know, like, this is who I am. So it's it, to uh, like to this house has been very healing in many ways. And that's how this all works. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and because right. you take your, you know, like with the nice star key, what I love is like, you're going to take this everywhere. This is, this is yours. This is you, you know, and you can lean on some to balance others. But then like what we all were sharing, but the ones that we don't, that aren't represented, we can then look at even areas in our home or in our office or on our desk um, of where can we kind of take that energy and and ask for it to help us to fill in any kind of gaps that you know and and everything's a teacher right you know so to have that open mind of being a student so that somebody who might rub us the wrong way to kind of think like hmm, I wonder what their numbers are you know I wonder who they are right like that it, it, it's it we're so multifaceted and layered that's why I think uh today with like social media that people just kind of put out you know just things and they just make assumptions and things like that it's it really is a disservice to everybody because there's there's so much more to a person than just you know where what you see in that moment and I think this is kind of that like allowing a person to look Oh yes, as a child I was like this. And maybe I'm not so much like that now, but if you need to like we were in our theta brain state and creative daydream state until at least 7. So when you need that like okay, maybe that is when you tap into that character number. You know, when you're feeling stuck. So that's why I love all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fascinating and I was thinking about so my husband is a 187 and I'm a 178 uh, and so <laughs> like we have this all the same numbers but it's very interesting because it's like the world sees him as very materialistic but he's really not like he is the grounding he's the rock he's the one who like 
you know, is the mountain um, at its core. And so it's just so fascinating to like look at just that one variation in the number and like how that can, you know, how people see you and how you actually are and like all these different things. So it's just really interesting. And, and, and we touched on this, like as moms, we, you know, all three of us are moms and how like naturally, um, you know, carrying another inside of us, like how that also was while like kind of being able to reflect on, I know, the different personalities each of them had like in utero, like as my oldest one, we were always, we were already jousting for position, like in my body, the, the foot, you know, in the ribs and, you know, and so that's always our relationship is it's a little bit more of boom. And we didn't even talk about this, but also like my husband, myself and our oldest daughter are ox. So that's another layer that you can look at. Yeah. So, um, but just kind of seeing like, okay, this is why, and this is how to speak to this person. Like we, as moms, right. We, we know that we need, we're mothering differently to each child. And sometimes, especially for the other child, that can look like favoritism or whatever, but it's just that, we understand even without knowing their numbers that they learn differently you need to speak to them differently a lot of times i know myself i'm like no i'm the mom you're just gonna like i'm gonna say what's that's it you you figure it out but that doesn't that just creates more tension and when i am thoughtful and and not stressed out then I can have that conversation afterwards in their language. And I think this is how, this is a really great way for um, in any relationship to be able to kind of like, okay, where are they coming from? Because not everybody is going to be like me where I just tell you exactly how I feel, you know? (laughs) Um, and, And this can be a great like conversation starter to like look behind the curtain. Um, and then as moms, I, I want to touch on this because I think it's really important is that we, I also, um, like Amy, I was a hairdresser by trade and I just kept getting pulled in like working many hours. You can't just, if you're in the middle of doing color, you can't just like, oh, it's time to pick up my child. That's it. You know? you have to finish. And that was really stressful for me. And it just wasn't going to work. Also, my husband's a police officer. So he already had a really stressful job. So I, I got out behind the chair and I took, you know, I stayed home and I, and I, I fired, I I warmed up the hearth that way. (laughs) Um, But that there are times where it's okay to take a step back no matter what, even if it's not for kids, just there's seasons in life and there's times where it's time to, to, to start your business or go back into it. And I think as for me, I see this with moms is we, we have that like turmoil, internal turmoil, even if no one's saying it of kind of like guilt 
of like, well, what about me? But then when we start doing it and it starts taking away time and maybe dinner wasn't ready, then we start feeling guilty and nope, I shouldn't do this. I'm horrible. At least this is how I feel. And I know many of that feel this way. So I want to open up that this part of the conversation, because I think it's really important for um, parents to hear that that's oftentimes normal <laughs> to to try to balance all of it and that it's okay to to have the season that it you didn't you didn't fail you're just maybe putting something on pause or if we can say now all of a sudden everything is a fire element to me now talk about this like put it in the back burner right <laughs> to simmer <laughs> um, or to steam and then you know what what's in front of us is and that might be balancing your schedule where while they're at school, you just do that chunk and that's good enough. If it's an hour on working on what lights you up in the world, then that is your business, right? Yes. Yeah. That, that, I, Fallon, are you still working? I meant to ask you earlier. Yes, are you I, still, I am. Mm-hmm. So you're really doing like what Rosie's talking about this like the real balance because when you have to make sure that you're on time and that you're getting to work and then back again. So, um, yeah, how is that going for you? Yeah. I want, I feel like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum, but still having Mm -hmm. the same result and same feeling at the end of the day. So like being, having a full-time job, having a business on the side, being a mom and also like trying to unpack our house, (laughs) like, no big deal. Um, <laughs> that's something that um, I've been like struggling with a little bit because it's, well, growing up, um, all of my parents worked and like it was, but my mom was a teacher. So she had that, like, I get out of the same time as they do. I have the summers off and um, she came from a family of teachers. So that was very normal. And we lived in the same town as both my grandparents, sets of grandparents. So it was like always had family. Fast forward to when I have kids, I'm in a different city. I don't have that support system. I am trying to do a full-time job in a corporate situation as an engineer, um, completely different set of rules as far as for like, and not even rules, but different um, playing field. Right. I mean, it's just completely different. And so there was a lot of guilt of I had to leave my child with someone else. Um, there was a lot of, and luckily because of the, um, the career that I went into, I had the financial means to pay other people to do that. So that was a blessing in its own way, but also a, I make too much to quit kind of thing, you know? Um, and there was also a lot of, um, family pressure in a way too because it was like no one in my family ever stayed home to watch kids Mm. they paid someone to do that or they had someone watch them or you know whatever it was and so um, now that my kids are six and three it's that guilt is not as much there because um, obviously they're getting to be school age so it's just they're going to be away right there's no like guilt of like, well, I'm sending them to daycare and they should be home with me and all this stuff. Um, so that guilt is kind of going down a little bit, but I also 
what really has helped is that I, when I am with them, I make it a huge point to be present with them um, because then it's it's not necessarily the amount of time that I spend with them, but it is the quality of the time that I spend with them. And having that shift in perspective of it, they still love you the same, no matter whether or not you spent a million hours with them, but you spent all that time while they were doing something and you were like on your phone or you were cooking and you, you know, you weren't present with them. Um, and so really shifting into just staying present with them and really interacting with them and just having that quality time, that is what has really helped. And so like, I can tell when I do have those guilt feelings, I'm like, okay, well, did I actually spend quality time with them? Or was I on my phone on Instagram doing business stuff or, you know, answering whatever. Um, so that's kind of my check is like when I start to feel the guilt, well, what was I doing? Why, you know, why do I feel that way? And just having that question. So mm -hmm. it's definitely not easy um, on either side of the spectrum. Um, but you kind of just figure out how to make it work. Yeah. And you're drawing on your practices of mm -hmm. mindfulness of, you know, consciousness of living and, um, I think in some ways that's what, you know, other moms who are in similar type professions where we're, we're, you know, um, at least the part I know for Fallon, not your, your business stuff, but the, you know, the other business that you have where you're working with people and, and, um, it's really about connection and energy. And I think that that is such a gift as a mom, because then you can bring some of that into your household. And also your kids start to realize that like they're getting some of the things that you're bringing to your clients. And I think it's a little bit easier to take away that line between work and life and actually celebrate some of the connections between work and life. And you know, having kids be a part of that journey, I think helps and helps you to know, you know, I, I need to have, I need to, I need an hour every afternoon to refuel. And, um, you know, you, you make that happen, you model that and that children then see that in the long term. Um, because how can you tell your clients to work on self-care if you don't, if you can't take the two minutes for yourself? <laughs> and, exactly. and that's not to say I, that's not to say I do it all the time, but it's about the intention. It's not about being perfect. It's a, by any means in life. It's about like coming back to the practice, thinking about it a little bit differently. Like there's seasons, as you were saying too, Rosie, that when you have little, when like Fallon, I mean, you've got the little littles. I mean, they require attention, emotional attention that is very different than my kids are starting to have one that's like almost a teen and another one who's like 10. So they're in that in between stage, but they're a lot more independent. Like I ha I can step away in the afternoons and do things while they're still working, you know, on other things in the house. Um, so I, I, I'm really grateful for the, the work that we all do because I think it adds so much to our parenting. Whereas um, I think it, the traditional way is sort of like, well, my work life is that, and I keep it separate. And so I've just been for re recently because my feng shui is really, kind of a part-time gig as well. Like it's not what I do all the time. I also homeschool my kids, um, for the last like five years. And so 
I, there's a lot of integration there, you know, that actually has helped me a lot, I think in some ways, because it made me realize like learning doesn't just happen between, you know, two walls or between the hours of X and, you know, Y, um, that it happens all the time. It made me think a little bit more about that and sort of, um, spends more time on, on, um, on integration. Yeah. I wish, I wish I would have, uh, I mean, you know, I, that I, I'll take that back. Um, it's interesting to look at the difference between how now with this kind of knowledge, how I approach things than before when it was just strictly by intuition. You know, like this gives you a roadmap. This helps you navigate. You know, it's 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 it, it helps steer you. You can choose whichever path. Just like I guess when you're putting on Google Maps, like you know, if you know how to get there, and you're like, yeah, it's time to go left, but I know a shortcut. Like I know this way. You can take a different route, but it, you know, I mean, sometimes that thing's wrong or it doesn't pick up fast enough. <laughs> but this is like an internal yeah. navigation system where you can tap into that intuition, but also you can look outside and say, am I feeling this right? Like, just like with anything using pendulum, um, <laughs> if, if you use Oracle cards or anything like that, that kind of like, this is how I'm feeling, but I just need outside guidance. You can do that for yourself. But of course you don't need any of those things, but um, I, I just, I love the way this is very grounded as well in such ancient wisdom it's been practiced for so long and to me that means it's it's gone through all the turmoils of the world you know of life and it's still here and it's still alive and it's carried on by us like that's something that's really important is like we are also the lineage holders right. of whatever it is that you find that resonates with you in a practice find something that maybe is culturally part of your lineage and you don't have to like completely, you know, um, do, you know, like what I'll do and, you know, make a, a drum and drum outside in the forest, but uh, you can have it where even just reading a little bit and learning a little bit about your family history, the land you're on now, and just these things, that relationship that really can open up so many different uh, heartfelt spaces within you. And that can be a whole other way to, to express your, your intuition. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Making it, bringing your own um, practices, you know, drawing from different elements of your own ancestral background. It's not something that we, we, talk a lot about, and especially with feng shui, like we are taking on a specific lineage, but once you start practicing it, that's where the intuition comes in. I think you can pull in um, other elements and make it your own in that way. Mm -hmm. And that's where yeah. both you are really in your journey, because now you've done the formal training and you're able to then make that personal and even just make it specific and personal for your clients too, you know? Um, yes and seeing where they're coming from that that's a huge, um, I think that's a really huge piece of the practice. Um, Absolutely. I think one more that I really like helps me a lot is we've talked a lot about the different elements, but it's that five element cycle that really drives, you know, um, 
the whole practice, really. I mean, that's that's the basis of it, that for Nine Star Key, for the Bagua, like all these elements that work, these five elements that work together, and they follow the arc of the year. And I always think about how we, you know, on January 1st, in the middle of winter, when we're supposed to be resting and rejuvenating and connecting with other people, you know, in our circle, we're already trying to, you know, come up with our goals for the next year. And how are we going to manifest all these things over the course until the next January. But really when you start to follow more of those natural cycles that we learn in feng shui, you know, about now in the beginning of spring is when you start to just plant those seeds, you know, you've rested over mm. winter. So now you're, you're thinking like, okay, I'm, I am ready to open up more and to try new things. Um, and then you're continuing and growing until summer. And then you start to contract, you know, in the fall and you, you're, you're, kind of preparing for winter. And I think too, as a, as a mom and as someone with your own practice, though, that's the really active part of the year. So you might as well use the energy of nature to keep you going and know that maybe in the winter or the fall, you say no to more things, you know, you rest or you say, you know, we're not going to do that sports activity, or we're going to take a break from something that we're doing so that you can rejuvenate and then start again with the, the cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh- Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and it's no it's no coincidence that the five is the center, which is earth, because this is all going on the rhythm of earth, right? We are we are earth. And going back to which is what every indigenous tradition was based on. It wasn't until like uh, you know, the calendar system that is that we follow now um has has kind of pulled us away from that i mean even we can get you know kind of here but even the liturgical calendars of uh are based on like when easter is which is when the spring equinox is like so all of these things really are underlying so i think maybe for some people that's like ah that's kind of scary and so far removed but it's actually how we naturally the earth all around us, all of nature, ourselves naturally um, move right. and, and receive. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's so important. That actually centers it back in, yeah. brings it back into the center and grounding. And um, this was amazing. I think we should do it again. I <laughs> would love so that. Fun. That was so much fun. Absolutely. I'm just, yeah. I still, I'm so glad to see, to, to hear what you both are up to and to know that you've, you're just, you've taken your connection and absolutely are growing it and, um, helping, helping more people with, you know, your own knowledge, you're sharing it with the world. So thank you so much. Mm, thank you yeah, for bringing us you. together. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, what do you see, uh, springing up for you next, Amy? Mm, um, I, well, last year for me was like, I was, I also am an ox. And so I was an ox in the ox gear and it was, I was, yeah. I was moving yeah. slow last year. I was really struggling. It was a really hard year. So this year I'm like, I feel like I'm past some of that, but I, it also um, was a year that I was doing a lot of self-cultivation. And so I, I finished this, uh, a design certificate in permaculture, which is something I wanted to do for a while, mm-hmm. which is like ecological um, and regenerative design for buildings and also land use. Um, and so I'm hoping that 
somehow there's going to be, and I know there will be like, that's a connection to my past and architecture, but bringing that all together with feng shui, which really it's all about living kind of closer to nature, nature's rhythms and patterns and cycles. And how can we do that more in our, in our spaces and in our life? So I'm looking forward Mm. to jumping into that. That sounds so cool. You're you're, a, yeah. you're becoming a geomancer <laughs> in Completely. the true sense, in the true sense right. of what it is. You know, speaking to her, right. listening to her, yeah, and then absolutely translating that out. Yeah, I love it. That is awesome. All right. Well, thank, well, thank you thank again. You. Amazing. Thank you so yes, that was wonderful. Okay, we'll and, talk to you uh, soon. I, I can hear my gardeners time. starting to take over. <laughs> So they're telling yeah, me that I'm done. Taking care of Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And they take care of it so well that I'm like, um, yeah. I have to tell you really quick. I don't, we can stop our recording, but Rosie, it's funny because actually the way I came to feng shui is that one, I, there was a, have you ever heard of, uh, you know, Michael Pollan has a book, it's called like a place of my own or a place of our own. And he talks about how he's building his own like writer's cottage and I was listening to it because it's architectural, you know, interests, lots of history. Yeah. And he does, you know, what he does is he actually researches feng shui and geomancy. And he's got this whole write up of himself running down the hill, trying to see if the chi is flowing to the place that he should build his little cabin. And I mean, for me, uh-huh. the light just went off. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. architecture and, and like all this ancient wisdom, as you've said, like together in, in what feng shui and geomancy is. And then I like found Angie and Laura's podcast and they were opening this, the school, like literally that a month later. And I just signed up. Whoa. So I actually found, came to it. I think of you, Rosie, because I know that's your background. And I actually would love to talk or for, to hear more from you on GMNC and understanding that. So, cause I have a lot of, and that, yeah, next episode questions yeah, about that. Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I, I love, well, and that's also, how I look at everything, like following the threads, like yeah. you maybe didn't say it, but you asked with your heart, like, mm-hmm. I want to know more. And then you read this book and then that book brought you to like, that's how all this works. Like it comes to uh, you because we're mm-hmm. magnetic beings. Our thoughts put out the, the order, the order to the universe. And then our heart, <laughs> magnetizes it back oh that's beautiful to us. Mm-hmm. so we we when we mm-hmm. try to do things and it's only from will power then we're not allowing like we're literally kind of pushing away it's kind of like that we 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 like to share kind of uh a lot of the stories that um you know people have heard before but it's like that tale of the man on the boat that says i'm going to be rescued by god and god sends like a helicopter and another boat and all these things and we don't recognize that when we're trying to make it our way but when we just like i'm open to this and then all of a sudden these things come and it's not till later that we can um that we can see why that happened and the connection of that happening right so yeah i love that oh (laughs) And she, you're back. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like a genie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you uh, for having even me. Even just being yeah. like open to all these conversations are so mm-hmm. important and 
somebody might not hear this for another year, but yeah. whatever it is that we said, somebody's going to be yeah. going to land with somebody. So yeah, they'll be in that place for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you. Amy. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Amy as much as we did, and I highly recommend booking a console call with her. She has a quick, you know, 15-20 minute free conversation, and you can find that on her website, joyfulfamilyspaces.com. Of course, that's on the bottom of the show notes. And uh, follow Fallon and I. Uh, in our on our social media platforms again here on the show notes and uh, subscribe subscribe to this podcast so that you can find out when the latest one is and we'll have more interviews and more conversations and we really love your input again we're having our nine star key workshop coming up soon that information's on the show notes and we look forward to hearing from you really soon bye-bye